Welcome to the Internet Sports Sportscast, the yearbook. Well, I burped during the first take, and believe me, you'd rather hear that one. I'm your host, Doug. I was so, 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 so very, very wrong. The LA Rams, which you probably knew months ago, finally went back to their old colors, and the new old 2020 uniforms look great, except for the weird hybrid McDonald's In-N-Out Burger logo, which makes the Rams only the second-best L.A. football team to steal their look from a fast food chain. The XFL's L.A. Wildcats stole Burger King's identity, and they did it much, 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 much better. But the secondary logo we're talking about, it's only on fancy merchandise. It's not on uh, the uniforms. So what I was wrong about, and I sincerely apologize, was somehow I missed the Rams' new helmets, The horns are still on there, but the Rams proved that adding just one line can ruin everything. All I drew was one line. Yeah, well, you ruined it. That one line makes their word-up Rams helmets, their word-up horn helmets, look like the golden arches. It looks terrible. You've seen a, uh, a season preview If you've been watching the HBO series Hard Knocks, which the Rams have been starring in, it looks awful. And it makes the Rams only the second best football team named Rams to alter horns. Colorado State added lots of lines and their Rams horns look fantastic. The Portland Trailblazers were representing the train by roughing it theory, kind of, in the NBA playoffs. It didn't work. They were somewhat competitive. But they, I mean, that's probably underdoing it. They were pretty much competitive, but they lost in the first round to the heavily favored Lakers four games to one, disproving the theory, even though the Super Bowl had already disproven the theory. It at least was a Super Bowl tradition that one team stayed in an awesome hotel and the other team hated their hotel. At least once, the team that didn't like their hotel lost in a route, and that became part of the story. They, they hated their accommodations and then went out and lost by 17. But the 2001 Patriots didn't like their accommodations, and they went out and legendarily upset the Rams, one of the biggest upsets in the game's history. Uh, subscribe. We're available on so many platforms. Uh, the Yearbook Sportscast. You can also address us at saysintheyearbook at hotmail.com. Uh, thank you for listening. Subscribe below. It is 100% understandable, and that is not a blow-off. I mean that sincerely. It's completely understandable why the National Women's Soccer League is playing a second tournament after already staging a really successful bubble playoff this summer. The league's got to stay in business, and it's, it's better to play two tournaments and have a little confusion and be in business and pay people than it is to only play one tournament so it's definitive but be out of business. And the league has got to stay in business despite the COVID. So they're playing a second playoff tournament, but where does that leave the Houston Dash? Yes, that's their name. The Dash won the summer bubble tournament, and they were ecstatic to be NWSL champions. But now there's a second tournament. So what exactly did the Dash win? What are they champions of besides a tournament? Uh, This is not going to fix it, but the Dash 
the Dash should play the winner of this upcoming tournament, kind of like in minor league baseball where the winner of the first half of the season plays the winner of the second half of the season. If the Dash wins this second tournament too, then have them play the second place team. So the winner of the first tournament would play the winner of the second tournament and they would be NWSL champions. Look, I told you it's not perfect, but that would be cool. The return of the NHL meant a lot of things. But one of them was seeing if Andre Kasha, don't look him up, it's not spelled like it sounds, was worth it. The world, the pre-COVID world, saw Andre Kasha as just another guy on the Ducks. But the analytics saw him as the guy. A guy who doesn't play a lot, but sure does generate a lot of scoring chances. The Ducks traded Kasha to the Bruins, and then the season ended. But then the season came back, and Kasha did at least look like a major disruptor in the playoffs against the Lightning. The Bruins ultimately lost that playoff series in five to Tampa Bay, but Kasha was always getting his name mentioned. He always seemed to be getting in Tampa's way. He was drawing attention, and he was just generally creating chaos that threw the Lightning off. He wound up with no goals, but four assists in the playoffs. Not bad for an afterthought. He was the Bruins' ninth-best offensive player in the playoffs, and Kasha played a lot fewer minutes than the eight guys ahead of him, just like the sabermetrics say he always has. Fellow Boston winger Jake DeBrusque, for example, he scored four goals in the playoffs, but he still had the same four points as Kasha, and he played 52 more minutes to get them. When talking about is it safe and is it necessary to play college football this fall, yet another respected outlet reported basically that the NCAA, in this case, should reassess its priorities. I know what the authors meant. But the NCAA doesn't run big-time college football, and they haven't since 1984. By big-time college football, I mean Division 1A, the big leagues like the SEC, ACC, and Big Ten, and the smaller big leagues like the MAC and the Sun Belt that play at college football's highest level. The NCAA does make money selling big-time college football merchandise But the bottom line is the NCAA is not in charge of and does not control big-time football. Division 1A football, unfortunately, controls itself. I say unfortunately because the rich are policing themselves and putting themselves in charge of the fate of the sport, which, you know where this is going, which means no one is policing or caring for the fate of the sport. There might be some kind of back-channel way for the NCAA to exert some pressure on Division 1A football here. Uh by threatening schools with basketball sanctions, maybe? The NCAA absolutely does control basketball. But even though it sounds weird to say, because we've we've been conditioned. When it comes to college sports, we all think NCAA. NCAA field hockey, NCAA volleyball, NCAA baseball, NCAA basketball, NCAA football. When we think college sports, we say NCAA. So it sounds weird to say, but essentially there is nothing the NCAA can do to stop the SEC and others from playing. The NCAA does control every other level of college football, read all of the unprofitable ones, and it has already canceled all of the 2020 championships for Division I AA, think North Dakota State and Harvard, for example, and Division II and Division III. Now, some of those schools are actually going ahead with playing, some of those lower division schools, but almost all of them have canceled. Back to basketball, where, yes, I did say the NCAA controls that. College basketball is literally the source of the organization's power and money, and also the source 
of the NCAA's reputation as the ruler of everything in college. But it hasn't ruled the most profitable college sport, again, since 1984.